Okay, welcome to the Monthly Movie Dispatch, the movie review show from friends you can trust. Every week we broadcast a review of a new film, talk about some film news, and recommend what to watch. We've been talking, critiquing, and gushing over movies since we were in high school, and we aim to bring you honest conversation on relevant cinema. Uh, I'm Derek Deal. I am here with Brandon Bowlby. How are you Hello. doing, Brandon? How are you doing? Doing good. Doing really good. How's it going? Good, good, good. We are here to talk about The Last Duel, Ridley Scott's new movie. Um, yeah. I want to say thank you and Sean for like covering over the last couple of weeks. You guys have been really yeah. holding down the podcast, just the two of you. Holding down the fort. It's yeah. like my uh, fourth episode in a row. Jeez. Is it, it's not getting overwhelming yet, or is it kind of like annoying? Definitely not overwhelming, <laughs> yeah. but I, mean, I, I do movies, feel, I, guess, but... I do feel the difference of when you have that, like one gap every other or every couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got good movies to talk about, so it's been easy. Yeah. Well, good, good. Uh, yeah. yeah. So thank you guys for doing that. Um, you know, me and Nick are really busy. I just moved into a new house. I'm in a new place. So hopefully, Congrats. thank you, thank you. Hopefully, it doesn't sound like too weird. I'm gonna try to get some soundproofing eventually. To so it's wooden floor than four like walls, you know. So probably, I assume it's gonna be somewhat echoey more than normal. But I don't know. I yeah, we'll you see. got that good internet connection. I do, I do. Uh, One point two gigs down. Oh shit! That's pretty sweet. Okay, that's pretty fire. Yeah, but. Uh, it's, it doesn't usually actually get there. They're just up to that. Anyways, um, so, yeah, that's really cool of you guys. I'm glad you guys have been uh, enjoying the movies. You know, we're in a big movie season, and uh, theaters are kind of starting to, you know, we're getting box office, like, stuff is, it's not back to normal, but it's feeling like the industry's kind of alive again, I think. And yeah, people, people are, are giving box office reports and numbers and predictions, just yeah. like, you know so many big movies coming out right now there's a lot to talk about yeah it's a different landscape but um i think it's you know it's a it's still good and we're in a good a lot of good movies this month especially so um including uh ridley scott's got like i think another movie after this that still comes out this year so let's we wanted to before we jump into this movie is just talk a little bit about Ridley Scott because he's a um, mm-hmm. very influential filmmaker. He's been around a long time. Uh, I know we all kind of grew up watching his movies, and he's eighty three years old, and he's still like just pumping out movies on the regular. So it's pretty crazy. I feel like a lot of different generations have grown up with oh, a yeah. lot of his movies. Oh yeah, like when you said that, it made me think of. Yeah, I did grow up with his movies, but it's not the movies you'd think of. Right. Um, it's like a different decade of his movies, but... Yeah, he has, like, generate... Like, I was thinking in my head that he has, like, generations of movies. Because there's, like, sections where I'm like, I've seen every one of these movies. They're all amazing. And then there's, mm-hmm. like, a list of, like, ten movies I haven't seen any of. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because his career started all the way back in the 60s what um, yeah. say 70s no well so his his uh tv career looks like started in the 60s but his first film uh was in 1977 the duelist which i think i just saw nick nick watched i think recently i saw oh, it really? pop up on okay. his uh letterbox and um i know that movie's um famous for having some of the most realistic like sword fights okay. um i think it's like a fencing movie but it's kind of like 
the real fencing Interesting. like or what fencing based i don't know it's like you know it's like it's still violent really it's violent paid thing. off here like yeah 50 later yeah that's true oh duel. yeah you're right the duel and the last duel yeah Ooh. i honestly was kind of thinking i was like i wonder if there's any like uh like metaphor to like this movie ex like coming out right now for him like if he's done with these epic medieval things or or if it's just a it's just a movie and it doesn't really mean anything yeah i mean i kind of want to get into like his form on this when yeah. we start talking about it i have to have some ideas on that okay well so his second movie he ever made was alien and i know for everybody i i've never met someone that doesn't love alien and it's yeah. such a staple in the horror genre and the sci-fi genre and it really started pushing like this new era of sci-fi that he kind of was like at the forefront of i feel like for a long time alien like my grandma showed me alien when i was like 10 like yeah <laughs> it was a big movie and uh i know like my family, i saw aliens but... before alien i um, might have going... to but yeah. yeah it's a it's a perfect it's a perfect thriller like sci-fi horror thriller it's yeah. incredible I actually am surprised you said it was the second movie, but I don't know yeah. a lot to get through. Yeah. And then he followed that up with Blade Runner, which, you know. Holy fuck. That's his third movie? <laughs> yeah. We're three films which, I mean, in except Blade Runner. It's possibly <laughs> his, like, his film of films. Like, right. You know, if he goes down for anything, it's actually, and it'll end up being that Blade Runner film. Blade Runner the film. Will, I mean, I think he's got a lot of movies that'll live forever. But I think Blade Runner right. has, like, the stake of, like, really like it kind of planted the flag and like this is what we're gonna call like you know cyberpunk or um mm -hmm. or whatever you you know there's there's other terms for that kind of uh world you know but that was really like the beginning of it at least in like a visual way visual media yes yeah, just so much style dripping from that movie yeah it's insane and it's hard like no one that taps into that that like genre can really do anything without like using that as a frame of reference because it's just yeah. so definitive great yeah uh he also did the i didn't know he did the apple the 1984 apple commercial you remember that thing oh yeah the matter the Mac i know what you're talking about. yeah yeah i yeah, directed yeah. that and then okay. legend i've heard you talk about legend i think no i have not seen legend oh okay Legend is, I think that's, no, I think uh, there's two movies that I get confused. It's Willow and Legend. You've seen Willow. Oh, yeah. Right? Willow was like okay. one of my childhood movies. <laughs> that's Not what Legend, I was thinking. Never saw okay. it. All right. Yeah. Willow, I think, is the um, Val Kilmer one. And Legend yeah. is the Tom young Tom Cruise uh, fantasy okay. epic movie. So uh, oh, Black. That sounds fascinating. Yeah. It's, I heard it's really good. But um, followed that up with Black Rain, which I did see when I was younger. But it's kind of like a gritty crime drama in China, I think, starring Michael Douglas. Okay. Um, and then another big classic, Thelma and Louise. God, uh, yeah, right. I, which I've seen that before. I just don't have a real robust. Yeah, like, that was one of my. Mind. You know that that movie is just like. Actually, don't know if I would have pinned that to Ridley Scott looking back now, but maybe yeah. I knew it at the time. That was one of those high school movies that felt important to watch, mm -hmm. um, and I definitely checked out back then. Um, but yeah, it's kind of slipped by. I don't feel like maybe people don't talk about it too much anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's still like the uh, chemistry of those characters is still kind of an inspiration for a lot of, um, you know, buddy movies and like road trip movies, and um, and it's got a really famous ending and yeah. 
then entering the late 90s is when he goes on his like tear of just like i mean that's like actually that's like not a dense filmography for like two and a half decades you just listed no no Um, not really you're right yeah he he really picked and chose back then especially when he could have done a lot yeah because that was from 77 to yeah 91 was thelma and louise Mm -hmm. and those were all hits i believe yeah Um, yeah and most of them are very well remembered but then this is when he just like takes off so 19... this is when he takes off okay. yeah so 1996 he has white squall which was kind of it was like a jeff bridges thriller movie i never actually saw it but i remember hearing yep. a lot about it i was too young for it and then we got gi jane gladiator hannibal black hawk down matchstick men kingdom of heaven a good year well so okay so i'll say from gi jane to kingdom of heaven i've seen all of those movies uh, gladiator hannibal black hawk down especially like gladiator black hawk down matchstick men and kingdom of heaven were all movies i feel like we'd regularly talk about in high school <laughs> like they were they were all pretty awesome movies and um i can't hear you <laughs> Uh-oh. Brandon's got some mic issues. Um, but I'll keep breaking down the list. So G.I. Jane, I I did see that one, but I just don't have uh, much of an opinion on it because it's been so long since I've seen it. Um, but that was in 97, Gladiator in 2000. I think Gladiator is when he really kind of cements himself as like the big one of the big tentpole blockbuster directors um at least of that era because gladiator won geez it won five oscars best picture best actor best costume design best sound best visual effects so yeah and that's when he kind of starts to cement his legacy as like this epic director and starts to um you know kind of lay that foundation of what big epic blockbusters are going to look like for the next couple years um with that opening battle scene that's so huge and so epic and uh you know lord of the rings kind of follows in that style and then all the movies that were really coming out in that area in that decade you know really followed that whole train of thought (laughs) uh think brandon's thinking right now wait brandon can you hear me can you nod if you can hear me i cannot hear you brandon hold on just a sec while brandon gets this figured out let's pause <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> I 
Brandon, as you watch back on this, there's a really funny moment that just happened. I can't hear you. Hey. Hey. There. Was it deafen? I think so. How'd you hit deafen? I have a plus, I think, is deafen. Uh, Alright, let's keep going. What happened? I'm so confused. I think you hit deafen on accident. I didn't press anything. <laughs> huh. Weird. Yeah, you got deafened. You deafened yourself. Weird. I had no hands on anything. Oh, well. Um, okay. Um, I'll okay. see if I can go into the YouTube editor and snip it before we export it. <laughs> it was a really weird, something visually strange re happened. Like you what? like went out of screen and then you went black and then your picture reloaded back on the screen. Oh, I shut off Discord and turned it back on. Oh, it like shrank. It was really strange. Let me check to see um, if we're still live. Just real quick. Yeah, we're still live. I can see. Yeah, that. we are. Right. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, okay. All right. Let's let me do it. Back to Ridley Scott's thing. Oh yeah. So I was just saying that um, Gladiator was like a really big moment. I feel like in his career and in the film industry, like it kind of you know that was when epics kind of came back and became yeah. like a really big deal. And with that movie, like winning Best Picture and like the mm -hmm. the just awesome opening battle scene, I think that kind of helped Lord of the Rings like to its success. Yeah, and, and a lot um, of a lot of movies to follow that we're still yeah. seeing to this day. But like yeah. Gladiator meant a lot to me. I mean, one Best Picture. It I I owned it on DVD and watched it all the time. Mm -hmm. um, that was like one of my all time favorite movies back in high school. Yeah, and I loved the hell out of that movie. Yeah. It's just like the scale of it was just something that wasn't, uh, I mean, it, it, or at least like out of movies that we were watching at the time in our age, which didn't really see something that big that often, you know, and, um, and then Hollywood jumped on that train and, you know. Yeah, almost too much just, so. Yeah, exactly. Troy came out. Troy, yeah, yeah. For, there's, there's so many, including what, you know, Kingdom of Heaven, which I think we liked a lot. Yeah, at least I, remember. I mean, there's in his notorious director's cut, which adds yeah. so much to the movie. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, but I remember a lot of people really disliking it too, and it was like Gladiator. There was Gladiator was really well received, and then all the Lord of the Rings movies, 
and then kingdom of heaven and i think people felt like he was jumping on like the lord of the rings train yeah uh, people were kind of over mobs of people running at yeah, like yeah, exactly. walls yeah <laughs> but it was still really good and uh yeah so that run was gladiator hannibal black hawk down matchstick men kingdom of heaven oh black hawk down yeah, black hawk is hawk just down. like one of my ultimate movies back then yeah i loved that movie it's so good it's a really solid war movie and yeah it's a I always forget that that was him. Yeah, that's a and, that feels like a very different kind of movie for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hearing you list off his whole discography, I mean, it's kind of the only time he's dipped into something like that. Yeah, something like hyper real. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And then he goes into uh, the era that I didn't really pay attention to at all, which is from two thousand six to two thousand ten. Looks like, and it was a good year. It's like a Russell Crowe mm-hmm. movie never saw it american gangster which is uh i want to say that was denzel and yep, russell yep. crow right i think yep i've never saw it body of lies it's like a leo leonardo, leonardo dicaprio movie <laughs> never saw it uh then more russell crow with the gritty reboot of robin hood never right. saw it uh and then i start to kind of buy back in with prometheus uh, which I and really we you, again are big like defenders of Prometheus. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoy Prometheus. Like, most I... of that movie is a masterpiece. Yeah, it's a very you know back to his like sci-fi stuff that he just has such a firm handle on creating like original just stuff that looks cool and feels unique and um, you know even if it's not you know whatever you want to say about its connections with aliens or how much they're trying to tie it in like. I think it works really well on its own. Yeah. Um, the Counselor, never saw that. Uh, it's like a really ambitious drama. Yeah, I think so. And then we get back into another epic. He does Exodus, Gods of Kings. Um, which I, yeah, I heard it was, that was like the controversial one. Some whitewashing casting. And uh, I think it was like Christian Bale plays like a Egyptian or something. And yeah, it just gets, it, not a, not a well-received movie. But then the martian like this guy's all over the place and these are one right after another the counselor was 2013 exodus gods of king was 2014 the martian was 2015 he's, he's straight up in his 70s at this point yeah. like making whatever the hell he wants and having yeah. fun like making the martian the martians um, it's really fun i mean i don't think it's best comedy winner i just rewatched <laughs> but, the martian on a plane ride a few yeah. months ago yeah it's an enjoyable like light like sci-fi movie i think mm-hmm um then alien covenant uh which i really enjoyed but i have i don't know if i've ever met anyone else that really liked it i don't know what your opinion is on it but i mean you always get this clean ridley scott film but like i had a lot of issues with that one i love prometheus but i can't really stand behind um the sequel yeah and then the crazy all the money in the world which um i heard was great i never saw yeah. it but its production is just like a wild story wild in and of itself yeah. yeah um no i saw it really good really good movie yeah cool and then here we are the last duel 2021 he's got house of gucci coming out this year as well um, two movies in one yeah and then he has four more movies like announced so 
and he's Ridley Scott. So he's just is prolific. It's cool to hear all these movies up against each other over the course of like five decades at this point. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he has ups and downs, but through all of it, there is like you can always expect a level of quality and competence, um, yeah. even if some of them don't necessarily come together. Yeah. Um, but also, there's just like remarkable movies throughout. Yeah, absolutely. And really, like important, just like important movies, you know. Yeah. Have really the canon of cinema. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's Ridley Scott. What a crazy! It's crazy how prolific he is, and for sure. And uh, really happy to see that. I don't think he's quite lost his touch. So, yeah. Um, Spoiler for our review. Yeah. Well, I mean. It's getting good let's, reviews. Let's let's, let's do it. Yeah, let's jump in. So the last duel is Ridley Scott's newest movie. It's another medieval. Um, I guess you could kind of call it an epic. It's it's uh, it's a different take on the medieval genre. I think uh, in a cool way. So a quick plot. Re- well, not quick, but the plot description of the movie is: Jean de Carus is a respected knight known for his bravery and skill on the battlefield. Jacques Legris is a squire whose intelligence and eloquence makes him one of the most admired nobles in court. When Legris viciously assaults Carew's wife, she steps forward to accuse her attacker, an act of bravery and defiance that puts her life in jeopardy. The ensuing trial by combat is a grueling duel to the death. What is this? This is the description of the movie that I found on Google. Is it a plot overview? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, synopsis. you know, to be fair, this is kind of a hard movie to write a synopsis for because it's mm-hmm. um, it's a bit more heady than uh, your regular medieval movie. You know, it almost feels like it, like the, you know, Ridley Scott has like the, like he knows what this kind of movie, like, like tastes like like he he's done so many of these medieval um you Mm -hmm. know swords and shields like kind of movies he knows how to make it look and feel the way we are hoping it looks and feels Mm -hmm. but this movie just because of its the you know the plot and the context it's a it's kind of a different take on that whole thing and that's still there you still get that like ridley scott epic battle scenes and like you know gruesome fights but um i think what makes this movie work really well for me is that is its script and its dialogue are really really mm-hmm. sharp and it's a really cool it's it's a re, it's just a really for me this is such a refreshing movie agreed in a lot of ways so i'll start with real quick um i saw it at the marysville theater which i haven't been to, oh god like Honestly, if I'm thinking back the last time I went there, I think it might have been the last airbender. That's how oh, long. Oh no, ago is was. this your closest cinema now? <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh no. But I will say, so it's the Marysville Regal. Uh, I think their last upgrade that they did in that theater was when stadium seating started to catch on. <laughs> so okay. they haven't like done anything except for maybe put in some new seats and probably some new projectors and stuff. Um, that being said, I had such a good experience. Uh, watching it there all right it was really cold i'll say that like i had a coat on and i was still freezing but 
Uh, there was something like that felt really cool about sitting in like a theater that was that like you know the, the screen's high enough so when a tall person sits in front of you you can still see it you remember when they used to have to deal with that kind of stuff mm-hmm. something about that made me really enjoy this movie even more because it's in these older rickety seats not yeah, a giant well, you know like, they were ouch. nice they were still nice seats like they had their fairly new seats and the screen was crystal clear and the audio was great it was just in this old environment so it was like mm-hmm. it felt um i don't know it just felt like you know like it used to feel when i was younger and went to the movies yeah and i mean I'm, I was, I'm glad that you had a good experience in your first time back and now your closest movie theater to you yeah so. and honestly like i was really i was like do i just make the 40 minute drive to the amc go watch it in like you know comfy seats but I'm really glad I didn't because um, this is going to be much easier for me to go see movies yeah. at this theater, and I and I'm, I'm glad to know that I still can really enjoy the experience there mm-hmm. without, without just, your RTX. Yeah, not Dolby Atmos. Yeah, exactly. Like we were so spoiled by Dolby, but um, but yeah, so that was really fun, um, and I was like the only one there, which was also interesting. Like fine. Yeah. Um, but back to the movie, the actual movie. Um, what? And you said you said a lot of interesting stuff oh, about yeah. the how the story goes, right? And it's yeah. it's a different take, and it's refreshing. I totally agree. Like this movie is a drama. It's a drama drama, and yeah. you get a few sparse epic scenes, but for the most part, you're with characters and you're learning more and more about them, mm-hmm. and it's. I don't want to say a slow burn because really Scott knows how to pace a movie yeah. and I was never bored and it was no. never dull. Super well paced. The story keeps moving forward, but I could see someone just like, where's the action or like, you know, where, where's the climaxes and I don't know, where's the peaks and valleys. I, there's, there's plenty to be had in here though, if you yeah. give it a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I went in here very blind. I didn't, I, maybe I saw a trailer a long time ago, but I, you read that plot description. I was like, geez, spoilers. Cause like you're listing things off that are well, <laughs> 50 minutes into the movie. No, I, I agree. I, I was totally blind too. I, yeah, I did see a trailer, but I really, once the movie started happening, I was like, I guess I had no idea what this movie was about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's a part of the refreshingness. You're just like, Oh yeah. wait, yeah, I'm in a courtroom drama. Like right. yeah. <laughs> in the 1300s. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. And, um, you know, everyone, everyone really, I guess not everyone surprised me, but I don't know. Like, I've kind of grown a little, like, I don't have much of an opinion on Matt Damon these days. Um, he hasn't done anything that's really, like, blown me away. You know, The Martian was really just, like, Matt Damon being, you know, his charismatic self on Mars and stuff. But this was, like, the first time I've seen him in a long time, I feel like, really, uh, like, grab onto a character and be this is like matt damon like good actor like playing this specific character um Mm -hmm. i really really like you believed him yeah and he was unique yeah yeah yeah, exactly um and you know it helps that they like you know rugged you know put a scar on his face and stuff like that yeah didn't make him this just this like strong pretty face i mean yeah all around the cast is very strong everyone's Um, good even Ben Affleck pulls off his in crazy transformation here in ways um, yeah. and gives that, you know, the king or it was not quite the king, but it gives him enough like personalities to make yeah. it different. And yeah, apparently like, uh, Adam Driver is a heartthrob. 
Um, even though I was always under the impression he's a pretty goofy looking guy. Oh um, yeah. I don't know. But it's like he's like a total heartthrob somehow in this movie and everyone wants him. Oh he's such a heartthrob. Everyone's I mean, a damn you, driver. Did you know this? Yeah, of course. Remember when they had him with his shirt off in the Star Wars movie? Oh. That was like <laughs> <laughs> that was its own meme though. It was. I don't know. I mean, he's a pretty handsome guy. Um I don't know. Like I do want to talk about Adam Driver for a minute because I every time I see him in things, he's he's amazing. He's such a good actor. But I've like this movie really reinforced like why I think he's I think he's one of like the better like I I'd argue that he's one of the best actors working today. And mm-hmm. um for me, like this movie really reinforced that because he's like he's he is kind of a goofy looking guy like he's so noticeable he's like he doesn't disappear into character yeah he stands out he stands out but at the same time he's so like he has such a weird energy about him that he's it's always interesting and like different and like you can't look away from him i'm thinking back like watching girls it's like the first thing i remember seeing him in and he's just he has such a weird energy in that show that like you know your heart kind of like ticks at like a different speed when he's on screen because you're like you don't know how he's gonna act or like what he's yeah. gonna say and like snap at any moment yeah and that kind of translates i feel like in most of his stuff because like even like marriage story you kind of i still had that same feeling about him because he's so good at navigating all these like uh you know the vast array of emotions and like he can get so intimidating so quickly yeah and it's like so a cute charming. puppy and then you'll know, somebody's punching holes in walls and like yeah, yeah. And you feel that in this movie too yeah absolutely and like i could not just every time he's on screen it's like i don't know he's he's just so good he yep. he's so so unique and um really like I, I was just thinking like that character put in anyone else's hands would just be that written character and it could be interesting or not you know but in Adam Driver's hands, it seems like it's always interesting. And he's mm-hmm. always has like his whatever it is that like, you know, he does to these roles. He's just like endlessly magnetic. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I thought he stood out a lot in this movie. I would love to see him get like a best actor nomination for this. That's yeah, that's a good um, idea. Yeah. I would I would honestly say, though, last but absolutely not least, uh, Jody Comer. Yeah is outstanding in this movie and depending on like which perspective you're watching is like she brings like a calm maturity Mm -hmm. and like with some like character seeping through yeah this like uh closed off society and you get like looks and you get lines of like there's more to her or she's more clever she's actually funny or she's sweet um, all the way up until, you know, as we're going through the movie when it switches some darker stuff, like, um, and you're actually seeing what this will, like, what she is she's all about. Through. And uh, she plays both sides of that so well. Yeah. She's definitely... Try, I'm trying to not get into spoilers. No, but, like, yeah, because yeah. this is, yeah. Uh, and I, f- I feel that she's the star of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it mostly revolves around her. It's just a lot of people are involved in this story. But, um yeah, I don't want to dive into spoilers quite yet, but um, you know, the I think part of the originality that we're mentioning is that this story is it is a courtroom drama. I guess we don't really spend a lot of time in the courtroom, 
it's mostly done in I don't even flashbacks maybe i don't know if there's really like a present timeline in the movie right but, but we see we pretty much see the whole movie from three different perspectives mm-hmm. right the movie's cut up into these three perspectives i think it's only three yep. perspectives like... and then there's like the aftermath or something um and and that's what's unique about it because you don't usually see people play with um I don't know what you call that, like what the difference is between these perspectives, perspectives, I guess. Yeah. You don't see uh, like epic medieval movies deal with that kind of thing. That's more of a modern like. um, Yeah, it's like we we Tarantino'd this like 1300s film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for Ridley Scott, you know, he's not one. I can't think of anything where he really deals with that, like Mm -hmm. approaching a scene from three different perspectives, you know, and shooting all different sides and angles of it. And, yeah. um, and it's really cool. It's really well put together. Like you said, really well paced because once it switches to, you know, I had no idea that that's what this movie was at all. And once it switches yeah. to, you know, the second perspective, you're like, Oh, Oh, okay. So, okay. And then you're, you know, starting to, there's a lot to think about and lots of cross reference in your head while it's going. And like, um, it was just such a oh, cool, unique pace. For so thing. many things I want to jump in on, but I want to go yeah. into spoilers for it. Well, what Maybe do you have should. any other non-spoiler things to talk about? No, it's like, you know, see it. I, I was yeah. super into this movie. Go see it. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to get into details. All right. Yeah. Let's just jump into spoilers then. Um, all right. From here on out, spoiler, spoilers. You should go see it. And if you don't want it spoiled, stop listening. So, um, yeah. I when... Mean, do we want did to do it ever like a, do did it ever do chapter one or did i miss that it did so it opens with the a glimpse of the duel and then it jumps into chapter one okay maybe i like look down at my chair like my head, i don't know for the millisecond because when it got to chapter two like yeah that was the first time oh, i thought i'd see wait that. you know what it does the chapter one i want to say after it like goes through we see the battle scene and everything so it starts with the duel and then it does the battle scene and it kind of runs through him and adam driver's relationship and then i think before like the you know nexus of this of this these stories hits that's when it jumps into the uh chapter one yeah i mean tells his perspective of the incident i i didn't know what this movie was doing or where it was going you know until a bunch of things happen pretty quickly at the end of the first act. Mm. Um, when she claims she's been raped, yeah. uh, they, they go to the courtroom and he's like, you know, trying to prove her innocence. And then all of a sudden we cut to Adam driver's perspective and revert the whole timeline. And when yeah. that happened, I was just like, Oh my God, like this is like, <laughs> This is a whole world I didn't know we were going to get out of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. And, and I didn't know how they were going to navigate that. And you, you were bringing up the shifting perspective and you're like, this movie really is about these, these subtle things that are changing throughout and Mm -hmm. these little pieces of new information and how each person sees, sees their perspective from a different angle and, you know, sheds their own light, um, like kindly yeah. on each of their individual yeah. stories 
and it's really smart like it that that just having these perspectives without having to dive too far into like all this vastly different like dialogue and stuff it adds so much to the characters because mm-hmm. we we learn through their perspectives how they view themselves and the world and um that's really cool like what a what a great like ingenious kind of plot device to help us like mm-hmm. re like relate and or learn about our you know characters it's i think this movie's and, really really cleverly written like and maybe maybe i was like naive mm-hmm. uh like towards the end of the second chapter because i don't know like in my head i was like we have our two conflicting guys that are dueling. We're just getting two sides of the story. Then it's going to go back to the duel. Yeah. And then when it went to chapter three, I don't know if you're supposed to think of it that way. I was like, Oh my God. No, that's exactly. Yep. That's right where I was. I was like, okay, Okay. so, well, because you don't, it's, it's hard to know like nowadays, like where, who stands where, like what, you know, who knows, like a clever movie like this, like it was already surprising me so much. Um, I just I really wasn't expecting more surprises like yeah uh, which and is then we cool. start over again again from her perspective yeah. and okay maybe I'm wrong but was hers the only one that was like the truth yeah so stayed on the screen longer yeah right yeah okay um yeah and then it yeah tells everything from her perspective and you know it it fits it works so well too because you know there's a certain mindset uh. It, when we see characters in this kind of movie from like this genre, you know, the medieval or the fantasy, you know, Game of Thrones or uh, Gladiator, you know, there's a there's like a misogynistic undertone to everything because that's how it was, you know. Uh, and so it's it's really it's you don't like you you know that's gonna be there, but you don't really think about how it kind of like makes you think about for me it like made me think about other movies too because i'm like like how many of these movies are told from like these guys perspective and it's like what a fascinating thing to approach it from that i just don't know that we've ever seen a movie like this told from the female perspective in that era you know and in that era yeah yeah and so it's just there was some fresh ground to cover maybe we could go through a few of our favorite differences that surprised us i mean there's there's a big one that you know covers the whole gamut of like each story but like i really appreciated the difference because it started out with a matt damon's arc Mm -hmm. or and i was actually kind of into their relationship in his arc i was like it seems so obviously this is a horribly sexist society but like within that he's kind of like enabling her and uplifting her in the ways that he knows how or that their society could possibly have let happen yeah so like you know he's like kind of on the good end and she sees that in him and, and, and like, I don't know, they're cute together. Yeah. He feels really noble and like, yeah. Yeah. But not in like a totally obvious way. He's not like, you know, still within the confines of their society. Mm -hmm. And then when it gets to her perspective, also they're smart enough not to just tip it on its head and just say that he's a total piece of shit as well. But we see him doing all the same things, but just with like, a little bit of a darker tone to it mm-hmm. and just a little bit of a more like negative sexist misogynistic tone yeah. and it played really well because the flip isn't like polar opposites but yeah he just kept doing all these little things you saw her not as into him as we thought originally and still being forced more forced to do things she didn't want to do and mm-hmm. um 
it plays out in like a dozen scenes I that are the, really detailed. That's what makes this movie such a fun movie to watch, even while it's like, you know, it's a drama. There's not a lot of action. But I think like what you're talking about right there starts to really challenge us, like as the viewer, because we, it already established our opinion of that character. And now they're like, well, that's how he saw it. Like, and now they're starting to challenge us and it kind of pushes you to like, you have to come up with your new, with a new kind of uh, yeah. opinion about that character, you know, yeah. going for, especially we know what's looming overhead, which is this duel. Yeah. And at the, at and, the end, that opinion gets very obvious and very extreme, yeah. but I appreciated that he wasn't just like beating her from the get go. And it's like, Oh, it was like more subtle and intricate nuance mm-hmm. than that. Yeah. Um, until we get to the end, obviously. Yeah. And yeah, it's a, it's, like I said, I think it's just really, really cleverly written. I wanted to point out the, the writers of this movie. Um, so the, the two stars, you know, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were, they, they wrote this movie together, which is their yeah. first time since uh, Goodwill Hunting, I believe. The first uh, time since then? I, I, what it the... might not be true, but I, I think it is. That's crazy. Um, I can. It would be hard to cross-reference their filmographies and stuff, but you know they won. A, they won an Oscar last time they wrote together, um, and in this movie they brought in a um, Nicole Holleff Center. I don't, I don't know how to say that that name, but um, she was the third the third person in their their writing party and. Oh. Um, did they each write a, oh, right, a perspective? Perspective is that what you're? Uh, sorry, no, about to jump ahead. No, is that what you're going to tell me? No, I was just going to say I think they like they wrote a really masterful script together, the three oh, of them. Okay. And I think uh, you know it was really smart to have that female voice. I think especially for that third act because it's I don't know. It just makes it. It's like she. They find that new. You know, I'm not going to say that she wrote it all herself. That third, the third chapter or whatever, but they find a way to really cleverly like drive in like those darker tones that are kind of harder to pick up on, and you know, without them, mm-hmm. you know, they they found a way to work it. In. Like, like you were saying, it doesn't feel like ham fisted or anything. It feels really yeah. natural, and. Um, you know, I, I guess I just kind of imagine that um, yeah. having a female voice in that script probably really helped find a way to make that feel so natural. You know, yeah, and, uh, yeah, no, that, is, that is interesting that they got they added a trio to their writing squad. Yeah, um, and it's still and it turned out this cohesive and yeah, I I do I also liked when they got to her storyline that we cover a lot of ground that had been seen before mm-hmm. and they knew that we'd be like, Oh, like we've seen these scenes mm-hmm. and it kind of turns into like almost a montage yeah. of a handful of scenes at the beginning of her storyline. And then all of a sudden we start treading new grounds of like his time gone a whole year between. Yeah. Yeah, and we like start seeing like doing. new information entirely. And we slow down a little bit around that part. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then obviously beyond. Um, but I thought that was clever. We didn't necessarily see everything a third time. We saw like, a more sped up version and then slowed down version of new stuff. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing that's interesting because I mean, you know, we could dive into this stuff forever, but I just want to bring up one last time about the perspectives that makes it so such a smart like tool for telling the story is that from his perspective, you know, he left, he was gone in battle, like risking his life every day. All of his friends are freaking murdered, you know, and like, it's just a brutal 
you know, barely surviving. And then he comes home Mm -hmm. and, you know, he's just kind of annoyed that he had to deal with that while his wife sat at home. But it's such a great and like refreshing thing because it's like, like, that's not what, like she didn't, she wasn't just like sitting at home being pampered, you know? And like, finally, you know, and when he gets to her, she ran a business yeah. in a town, and she was doing it better than he was. Like, she was better yeah. at it than him. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just. Do you know what they were trying to say by the fact that he didn't collect the taxes? I thought were they saying that it was like he forgot, like he was so bad at running business, or was oh. he saying that he was like trying to be kind to them? I think it was both. I think it was like I think it was showing that she can be like a someone that's in charge and is not going to let people just skate by. Okay. But also he was kind of lazy and bad at it. <laughs> okay. You know, and probably he was trying to be nice too. I think he generally okay. wanted to be a nice guy. He's just always sent out to war, you know, while Adam yeah. driver got to sit back and, you know, count the King's money and stuff like that. Uh, there's there's things flying in my head okay that's i I think yeah that makes sense there's Um, so much plot in this movie to talk about but i want to point out the detail and the environment Mm. um i think ridley scott does an incredible job of like lingering on people on the side like sets pieces on the side toys other characters like watching and it just like really fills out this world it feels so lived in and so real and there's moments all over the place where he's not just focusing on the characters and there's something like lingering around the shot that just gives it life. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, absolutely. There's some shots in there that were really breathtaking too. And I'm like, I'm so curious, like how much of it was CGI and how much wasn't like when they're, when Adam driver's showing him like the land he acquired. Like, oh, and there's a set massive shot of yeah. like, the castle in the background it looked I was perfect just like, it was just real shit yeah it looks so real i assume like yeah. the castle is probably added in but i really hope like that was an actual real landscape that exists because it's beautiful yeah like a real valley in france yeah like yeah um and yeah, yeah so much to talk about. there's so much to talk about but you know we're not going to get into everything I, it's a it's a dense movie it's really dense and besides the ending we need to take a moment there no for sure for sure okay I, um, yeah, absolutely. And of course it gets to the last duel, which I believe it's called that because it sounds like from what I learned in the movie that, um, this kind of trial by combat thing must've been outlawed around the time that this movie took place. Um, There's a funny line that the King says, he's like, wasn't that outlawed a few years ago? Yeah. (laughs) And we're just like uh like we're in a time period where trial by combat was just like gotten rid of a couple mm-hmm. years back yeah yeah as a progressive policy right that's funny and they kind of make the gesture they're like well it still it still kind of happens but yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um oh man there's so there's there's like that I, fucking scene i mean let's just say like yeah well, wait, the actual real action quick scene. real quick sorry yeah. this is something i didn't want to get through without uh uh, stating that this movie is so well written that it taught me so many things about the uh, like economy and like the uh, like hierarchy of how kingdoms worked back then. Yeah, that I never knew. I've seen thirty movies that exist in this like era, and this movie like 
takes the time to kind of explain how it works because it's important to the story and like the characters and the it, economics of it, right? Like the yeah, business. Yeah. Like the it. business of it. They actually, you learn like the hierarchy yeah. and like the flow of money and like why you don't just live in a castle. Do. Like, like right. that's your job is to own the castle. Yeah. Yeah. And like Matt Damon, you know, he's like a war guy. He has a castle and everything, but like he's this low man on a totem pole and because the politics and stuff he's the one that always gets shoved out into war and yeah it's just it that part was also just really really fascinating and i agree helped build yeah. out the characters and it was like this little thing that you know a lesser movie just wouldn't even include because it's not super important i feel important. like i understood everything they were showing us it was clear yeah and it went pretty in depth for how much other stuff this movie has to focus on mm -hmm. um and yeah, like the economics and the world of lords and lands and castles and war made a lot of sense in yeah. this movie. I kind of felt like I wanted to say it feels like it doesn't feel like an Aaron Sorkin movie, but it got into the nitty gritty details that he likes to get into in a much like warmer and accessible way, you know, less mm -hmm. less of a cold delivery kind of thing. But um, uh, yeah, I really, really appreciated that. And I think that helped elevate the movie a lot. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so anyways, there's the the duel, the titular last duel, uh, finally comes at the end of the movie where they have to. The do... duel is so good, yeah, and so intense. It's it's crazy. This isn't like uh, you know a Knight's Tale, like kind of jousting. Like this is like, I think they really wanted to show us like this is why this was outlawed <laughs> because yeah. this is insane <laughs> you joust and if no one dies you joust again and then yeah. you joust again and then you fucking like crawl on your hands and knees trying to cut this person's throat right. off and like do everything you can to completely yeah maim this person and make sure they can't do anything <laughs> it was incredible yeah in so many ways and like i was like i was like floored at what i was seeing mm -hmm. in its intensity yeah it was really well choreographed and like the stunt work was incredible and it just keeps going it keeps getting more and more brutal and you're like it's got to end here but it's yeah, like no, it's escalation yeah and the storylines of what's happening and who's on what horse and who's stabbing who and what's breaking and who's falling down and like it just it moves in such a good way through that like eight minutes or however long it is yeah and there's so much story told in that section without any dialogue or anything now that we have this whole back history of these characters and we know, you know, the personal things they went through and, you know, what each other's specialty is and their background, you have certain expectations and how this is going to go and who's going to win. And yeah. It just, and then it just keeps getting like, just worse and worse, you know, mm -hmm. and more like disgusting and like <laughs> horrifying as it reaches its peak. And uh, yeah. Or in, um, in the, words not the words but in the hounds people or the people of paris it's an awesome spectacular <laughs> like story thriller to cheer on some like yeah. you know uh murder mystery courtroom drama you know that we all listen to like podcasts and news about and just to like just to love on the most surface level while people's people's lives are in absolute danger yeah and real truth is trying to be told but nobody cares right yeah um yeah and there's just it's just it's pretty spectacular like they do some stuff that i've just never like just in a whole this movie like the things that they achieve with it are really really special and and with that scene like i guess i haven't seen like 
of uh, action, I don't know, violent, like, hand-to-hand fight scene that has just done so much storytelling. Because there's a lot. There's just a lot going on in that battle. And, uh, you know, there's three characters, kind of their lives are in limbo during that whole scene. And um, it's just, like, perfectly edited, perfectly shot. You know, you mentioned clarity earlier on with, like, the script and stuff. I think visually, like, it just shows how masterful Ridley Scott still is. Mm -hmm. And he's not... I don't feel, I feel like, you know, this is one of, this is probably going to be one of, one of my favorite movies that he's done. And, um, it's really cool that he's still operating at such a high level. Yeah. You're, you're saying there's a lot going on that. I think there's also a lot of heavy lifting done in just like four scenes prior to that. Yeah. Of new information and new perspectives going on, you know, like the big twist of what Matt Damon's maybe it's not a twist maybe you kind of always knew but um why why is he doing this he knew and then you find out he knew what the consequences were Mm -hmm. and it's just like oh i mean he's doing this so he can pick a fight with his old friend yeah and try to get back at him yeah at the cost of everything including his wife and child Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like yeah, because at this point he's just had a kid. I, I think it's pretty recently, right? Do they say? Yeah, like remember the like, uh, maybe it's not the night of, but it's yeah. obviously the newborn's in her arms like a right. child, and he comes in and says like it's time. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, like it, it's a lot. There's a lot like going on there, and you know, because like, I have so much to say. I know there's <laughs> everything's flooded by Henry. This movie's just too big. Like, it's two and a half hours long. Like, it's an epic. There's a lot. And it's just a really dense and spectacular movie. So there's no way we're going to be able to cover it all. But um, if you don't have any... Oh, no. I just want to say, okay, I appreciated her scene when she's holding her baby and she gives him that speech about what's it worth when she's dead. And how she regrets regrets everything. Yeah. Um, Like, she would stay silent just to be a mother to this child. And... um, take everything you know like as opposed to leaving it an orphan and Mm -hmm. it's just like it's horrible to hear her admit that but she was like i would i would have lied i would have kept it all in just for this baby well um in you know not to jump too much into like politics and stuff but that's such a good perspective like i feel like that's such good insight on like like people that are super against like the me too movement because it's like it gives you such a good after you've you've been sitting with these characters and you've seen their perspectives and you you really understand where each all three of them are coming from and then to kind of they kind of explain like why people in these situations sometimes don't speak up you know yeah. and she she lays it out flash it's like because i you know now that i'm in this situation i have this kid like is it worth it you know Mm-hmm. and it kind of shows like the bravery and like just how intense of a, a life that is you know yeah so. yeah like um in the end and the i think like a thing we can talk like i don't know if i really like the last shot but the last moments oh, yeah. oh, as yes. they're celebrating and leaving the gladiator arena mm-hmm. you know everyone is just cheering for the victory and the kill and the bloodshed yeah and she is left behind him sitting on her horse alone yeah. as her husband is like raising his, you know, fist, basically just fist pumping in the mm-hmm. air, right? Like, I fucking won. Yeah. And she's just sitting there on the horse behind him, like silent. 
right? Yeah. Um, and I just like that is just a way that's like a way the plot, a direction the plot went that I never would have expected um, Matt Damon's character to end up at. Even yeah. even with like I guess the happy ending, it is just right. so like. Well, that's so sad. It's so like that's I love this movie so much for like it never gives like the audience an easy way out. <laughs> like even mm-hmm. in that last shot, yeah, it's like there you go. How do you feel about that? <laughs> it's like yeah, you know that's a con- that ending is truth very, prevailed, right? Right. And it's just like oh my yeah, God. like nobody nobody like nothing's gonna change because of this you know nobody cares and nothing nobody cares and uh yeah it's heavy and what a great like way to end the movie you know Mm. it it totally leaves you with like just a lot of thoughts you know you're like there's a lot to still parcel through when the movie you know credits start rolling and all right uh, i got it out that's a sign of a really good movie um cool well i'm glad we both really liked it yeah, um, for sure. I really liked it like a lot. So I want to say like I think these three, I I would be shocked if they're not nominated for best writing. Um, I have a feeling this movie's gonna be, I mean who knows, but I feel like it should be a front runner for award season. Like going in here, you know, um, Ridley Scott's a known name, lots of big stars. You know, it's a historical drama. Like, I feel like the stars would align for this the only thing is it's a dud in the box office so maybe they bad. just wipe it away and not even think about it who knows but there's a lot of great stuff here agreed um do you have anything else to add i mean no <laughs> besides the million subplots besides the million i'll say no i got everything off my chest that was really pressing all right well you know i think everyone should just go check out this movie it's really great it's not getting the box office i think it deserves and i think it's one of the better better movies i've seen this year so yeah yeah um that is the last duel ridley scott's the last duel and um yeah that's it for that next week we're in the we're in like the home stretch for the rest of the year i feel like we got dune next week there's just one big movie after another so i think the plan is to review dune next week not exactly sure who's gonna do it or if all of us will do it or what's going to go on but for sure next week hopefully tuesday at eight um but you know we'll see what happens can't wait yeah all right well if you guys just uh if you like what we're doing here like and subscribe we also have the podcast just audio version on wherever you listen to spot uh (laughs) wherever you listen to spotify uh wherever you listen to podcasts and uh yeah see you guys next week bye later see you